0: Red on Red. This week on the podcast, we're talking with Goldenpleck.com contributor and music journalist, Kaelan Coffee. Happy Alone with Body Bags and Gadget in the Cloud with Too Soon to Say. This is Red on Red, Cork's new music podcast dropping every Wednesday evening via Cork's Red FM and RedExtra.ie. We're also available on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcasting platforms. My name is Mike McGrath-Brian, and this week we're joined in studio by Cork Music Journalist, and most notably, GoldenPleck.com contributor, Kaylin Coffey. Kaylin, how's it going? I'm good, how are you? Grand now, looking forward to a big, long, and boring conversation about music journalism. Oh, buzzing, can't wait. But uh, it's been a busy couple of weeks now for GoldenPleck, the big Christmas party above in Dublin, mm. and now this campaign that they're Brackling upon on social media With kind of Rounding up all of the posts And photographs That have been taken Over the last 16 years Of various Irish artists Like It seems to be Generally a good buzz Being involved with Golden Plex these days
1: Oh yeah absolutely It's brilliant Everyone is Like everyone I've ever worked with Has been absolutely fantastic Everyone's friendly It's very much Collaborative feeling Around the place Like you meet a lot of Interesting people A lot of interesting photographers um, and look it's easy like the editors are fantastic they give you kind of free reign to, in a sense like they don't kind of they don't give you topics to, to write about they kind of let you go well they let me go I'm not sure how it is in Dublin it's probably because I'm down here kind of being semi-ignored uh, but no 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 no. look look. they give me free reign it's fantastic um, I couldn't ask more and them and Stephen Ross and everyone up there is, is really nice and has always been really nice and they're really appreciative of, of all the work me and Shane are, are doing
0: and you and Shane are really knocking it out of the park. We'll talk a little bit about your working relationship with Shane, specific to Golden Pleck, a little bit later on. Music journalism, you know, while obviously an important part of music fandom for geeks like you and I, um, has never quite been kind of considered, you know, sexy, and especially not now, where maybe the old um, rock and roll myth-making devices are after falling to the wayside. Um, what really kind of sparked your interest in music and cultural journalism.
1: I kind of started reading Q Magazine is the one I'd kind of go for mostly. I did read M- NME when it was available in Kilkenny and um, available around Ireland but no, it was mostly Q and you'd, kind of, you'd see the, they're probably one of the rare places to actually do long form that actually let you tour with a group, tour with a musician. I mean, for the likes of NME it's mostly now reviews and they'd go into a hotel room and have an interview but with Q they kind of they toured with the band they talked about how the show was they talked about life on the tour bus and it just really fascinated me how how these people can be so I don't know if this is going to sound so weird but how these people can be so normal but at the same time their music can affect millions and millions of people and they could like people see them as gods and yet at the same time they're eating a burrito at 4 o'clock in the morning after a show in London you know
0: That kind of brings to mind the almost famous scenario of the lad like reading tour treatises and like pouring over the pages of Cream and then finally getting out to meet these lads. Mm. And it's exactly, well, you know, it's obviously not as fictionalized as Mm. almost famous. You're kind of a couple of years behind me in that regard, in that, you know, I would have picked up the magazines of a few different genres and kind of noted the differences and how each of them would have been covered. Mm. What kind of brought it to your mind that the same kind of narrative tropes and. I suppose journalism basics that you had kind of taken up could be applied to independent music in Ireland? Because there's always kind of like a catch point of where you see what's going on in your backyard and it clicks.
1: Um, that's an interesting question. Well, in Kilkenny, I was very involved in the music scene. I sang in the choir in primary school. Um, I sang in secondary school. I, was, I got a scholarship to my secondary school from the Church of Ireland wow. to sing in the choir in St. Canis's Cathedral. Um, so the interest for music was there all my friends were in bands I wasn't in bands um, but I was seeing that these people were like the people had a 9 to 5 and then they'd go out to a gig to a bar to a whatever an open mic night and be nearly completely different people when they step foot on stage you know like what banker in one hour at 6 o'clock or at 4 o'clock in the afternoon can suddenly be a heavy metal rocker at 8 o'clock at night you know and mm. these worlds would never connect they'd never like you could easily go to you could go to the office and people will never know that you're screaming your lungs out at 11 o'clock at night same day you know
0: a certain member of a local metal band is a postman and that ought to tell you just kind of the the dichotomies that exist specifically but being from Kilkenny uh, you're also evidently familiar with the uh, regular clientele and culture that surrounds roller coaster records. Oh, yeah. The happiest record shop in the world.
1: Yeah, no, they're fantastic down there. Um, they're all very nice. I've never actually talked to most of them. Um, I've never had the privilege of meeting a lot of them, but um, no, it's fantastic. It's the only place you go to kind of get records in Kilkenny, especially now, because as far as I can remember, it's the only CD shop in the city. Um,
0: Golden Discs have set up there recently, so that's gonna have a bit of contention for like. Casual music consumers of a certain key demo, but
1: mm, where's that in Market Cross? I'm not too sure to answer. I think it's a I think it's a microcross, Cross. But yeah, no, like they're always going to have a very special place in the, in the hearts of everyone in Kilkenny I mean, for years, once HMV kind of shut down and Zavi kind of exploded and imploded within itself, um, they that was would, an interesting
0: uh, six months seeing Kira Corkus. Oh
1: yeah, no, it was wild. Uh, it went from Xavi to HMV to non-existent in the space of a year. I mean, whenever I was growing up, when I was there, whenever I was 13, 14, 15, uh, 16,
0: uh, Roller Coaster was the only place to buy CDs. And that's where you got your music. I had roughly the same feelings for getting up to Cork City in that Vibes and Scribes was my place to go for secondhand CDs because you could walk in with 20 quid and walk mm. off with an armful of like secondhand indie Irish stuff that nobody had gone near. Mm. So like uh, Therapy, Toasted Heretic, that kind mm. of thing. Um then on Delta plugged away down the river for, yeah. um, for 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 the newest and weirdest stuff that Al Toomey and the lads were serving up. You left Kilkenny to come to UCC to study, and you slowly become part of the local music scene, branching out from your involvement in student media and into the you know into into the general Cork music community. How was that experience uh, in kind of getting to grips with the various uh, you know micro scenes and different groups of people that are that are applying their trade here?
1: Um, it was tough as a, as a student journalist you get, and especially as a student like editor in the music section you get sent a lot of stuff and you're not really sure where it's coming from. Mm. Like you get sent a lot of press releases and very few of them they'd say Cork based or Galway based, so you wouldn't really have that connection with the fact that these people could live five minutes down the road from you. You know, um, it's only when I started working for Golden Pleck that I really got into the Cork music scene properly. Mm. Until then, it would just been like uh, UCC Battle of the Bands and Music Society and bits and bobs around there. But that's a
0: self contained ecosystem that, like, you know, seems to kind of ensnare kids for a couple of years before they start kind of going out into the bigger world. And like that wasn't always the case. To where, like, you know, a couple of like about maybe ten, maybe twelve years ago, the UCC Battle of the Bands would have had rest waiting room. Um, etc just kind of the bands that were in the thick of it already that because you know they had a member still in UCC or was a recent alumni that they include mm. it in their in their regular gigging yeah. schedule and it was part of like it was part and parcel of what was mm. happening in general I found that to have been interesting and that seems to have kind of only happened since they split or since they reunited mm. uh, LMS and Caprizio
1: yeah it's been it's been odd um, it's odd watching from the outside I mean it's very easy to become and this is what I tell anyone who ever asked me about starting up a band or how to get gigs or whatnot. It's very easy to become a college band and not be taken as seriously in the Cork music scene as a whole, like within with bookers, with the likes of Cypress Avenue or the likes of the round Here and places like that. It's very easy to become one of those college bands and only start really being given opportunities to like, uh, open mic nights for the college or battle of the bands yeah. for the college, for either CIT or UCC. Um, and watching that kind of that separation nothing's really bringing it closer I mean the nothing's really bridging the gap I mean the likes of Happy Alone have very much disconnected themselves from the UCC they've disconnected themselves from any sort of student they'd disconnect themselves on the planet if they they, could. they would absolutely yeah
0: we talk an awful lot in media about how the model has changed over the last 10 to 15 years specifically with online becoming the predominant means of exposure the difficulties that there's been with advertising social feeds etc etc and i can only imagine that you know student media can be a challenging environment to try and maintain the interest in also, because not only are you dealing with a demographic that historically—and I'm not saying this to insult yeah. anybody—historically has had a shorter attention span. Mm. I can talk myself as a former, you know, student uh, mm. journalist, uh, but also dealing with a demographic for whom technological changes happen a lot quicker and adaptation is a lot more fluent. So, providing a student newspaper every fortnight, etc., to be distributed, you know, downstairs in the boule or around the general college road area um, can sometimes seem a a little bit anachronistic in the last 10 years or so. How do you see student media changing and how do you see this, I suppose, this stamping ground for the next generation of media professionals reacting to the changes that are happening around it? Because it it, it seems to be an often ignored part of Irish media.
1: I think the most important thing to do uh, for student media is even though copies aren't being picked up as much as they used to be, people aren't picking up their magazines, picking up the papers, it is important to kind of stick with print media because it's important just for...
0: Selling ads. Yeah, <laughs> it's important
1: for selling ads and it's important just for students to just see their name in print. Like, it's a very big moment when you write your first article. It's it's not the same when it's just on a website or when it's just on a on a Facebook page. Mm. I mean, personally, the first time I ever really saw my name in print properly was when I wrote a like a thousand word uh, article about the influence of 808s and Heartbreak by Kanye West and right. I still have it printed out and still have it in a frame in my room it's something I still look on fondly it's like oh look I, I did that on a boat once um, and it is it does fill you with pride and then you see other people reading it and people come to you and say did you write this this is very good and it's very important when lecturers come to you saying did you write this this is excellent because them knowing lecturers knowing that you have outside interests and have a vested interest in say music or fashion or art or film um, it strikes up conversation it kind of bridges that gap between lecturer and student like people you see them more as this is going to sound so evil but you see them more as people than just the people giving you one ones or giving you two ones you know shocking absolutely I know, shocking that I you know. would see
0: actual lecturers as people another benefit there that you may or may not kind of argue on as well is being shown to have outside interests and this is for any student journalist that uh, happen to be listening showing your outside interests is obviously another means of generating leads and stories and an ability to build on a specialisation with which you can you know increase your, your perspicacity as a narrator or your ability to edit or to provide copy. We'll go straight to some tunes. Earlier on, we heard from Happy Alone, uh, who are currently in the process of detaching themselves from the planet's surface uh, in preparation for hitting the stratosphere this year. And with Gadget in the Cloud, we're too soon to say, but right now, as part of the playlist that you've helped put together for us this week, uh, Jar Jar Jr., Chef Bubby Hals, cooking up all that crack inside in UCC all those years with Best Buy and Colleg.
1: Yeah, he's he's doing fantastic work for, for Softboy and for anyone he's really working with. Um, I first met him, I think, three years ago. He was on the podcast, he mentioned it. It was me and Adam Gaptoof, um and him. We just sat down. I was meant to be doing an interview with the two of them, but it turned out that when by the time we'd actually finished t- chatting to each other, it was two and a half hours, and I was looking at this two and a half hour uh, audio file thinking, how on earth am I going to yeah. do this? So I just You
0: should put that up someday.
1: So I just Facebook messaged him saying, look, will you answer these 10 questions, please? Just, <laughs> <laughs> just get it done. Uh, and they were like, yeah, lovely. And then I kind of made it. I made the
0: article seem as though I was in a pub with them. Um, the importance of framing. I know, exactly. Speaking of Gaptooth, you also have a cut of his uh, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point.
1: Yeah, it's his, it's his latest track. It's on his, uh, it's on his SoundCloud. And I, I really like it. Like I love all of his stuff, all the work he's doing. Um, for Boy again um, and I think he's got mu- new music on the way I think he's got an EP of some sorts coming very very soon he so does I'm really looking forward to
0: it he was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago and he was promising a follow up um, to, to his Motorola mixtape yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's something I'm really looking forward to because tw- we- which
1: baffled me when he said it was 2016 because I remember that being far more recent than that exactly
0: I mean time flies when you're having fun and oh, exactly. it's a really good record we'll get straight to it so this is Jar Jar Jr. with Best Boy and ballon Colleague here on Red, on Red. Ladies.
2: My favorite ladies. Mary, you made me want to eat you. Every time I see you, it's like the first time I meet you. Fringe was like a flower, subtle and sweet too. Seductive and whatever, it might as well be see through. Like Martini in a bottle. This can get me rich,
3: look like a magazine model. Before you know it, he have a on the stroke, Fresh and
2: ripe, perplexing like Acapulco gold. If I had to guess just right, not a J.O. Like a cradle robber copped off, shop a trailer load. You know the right number. You And hit hit it while you win a soul to the highest bidder, like fruits and berries. Bring daddy loot in a hurry, just be cute and don't worry. Type to make a nigga hallucinate and admit it. Then she started losing weight, letting everybody hit it. Unlike Allie, sometimes she gets bitter. Always kept me happy, never had a problem with her. She used to let me use her back when I was looser. Respect her to this day and never did abuse her. I told her I'd be faithful, but she don't believe me. I probably could have been. If I never met Evie She make me feel all fuzzy inside the soco cool. You won't get nowhere near if you're broke though Kept a shorty man finding much thinner If caught, I get mad time just for touching her Knock wood, so much for hymens So fly, she should be in the sky with diamonds Little young thing, she like to do the tongue thing Time, she would play hard to get fronting or something She made me feel like the number one king Run into her now and we still catch a fun fling Better hour Central Park, that's one side Had the guard mentally spark, reflecting sunshine She said you need to stop messing with that bike, girl She fucking with your head and got your heart in a tight curl We messed around once or twice, but she don't know me She helped me get money at the dunce price OT Plus she from Colombia, so she really Spanish Cooking on to make a cat bank account vanish. And Miss Hazy, older woman, mature black. Every time she sees me, I end up getting told back. All she want me to do is blaze it crazy. The only one complaint is that she make me too lazy. Sugar mommy laced me with the butter, Navy, Just her way to make up for the headaches that she gave me. It's all gravy when I'm done getting my mac on. Allie is always there to help me get back on. So... He landed, uh, labeled a misfit, a bandit. Cocoon, cocoon, cocoon. His neighbors couldn't stand it, so he was banished to the park. Started in the morning, one stopped after dark. Yeah, when they said it's getting late in here, so I'm sorry, young man, there's no skating here.
3: going, so we kick
0: To with exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point to uh, take that title literally here on Red On Red. Still joined in studio by Caelan Coffey of GoldenPleck.com. And before the jump, Caelan, we're talking a little bit about your introduction to music journalism and just kind of really getting used to the landscape of Irish independent music. GoldenPleck.com, you said, was an important jumping on point for you in that regard, working with editors and getting to know Shane Horan specifically. Kind of maybe talk to us a little bit about approaching com, maybe working out what your goals were uh, in working together, mm. and kind of what was asked of you as much as what you were asking of them.
1: Well, the, the way I got involved was they'd put out a tweet saying Cork riders wanted, because um, obviously they wanted to start a Cork branch and they wanted more people from Cork interested in the site. Um, so I was tagging that by the guys from diffusion lab. So I just randomly like I just sent in a an application wanted to see what would happen. I wasn't really expecting much cuz at the time I didn't like okay I've written for the UCC Express. Um I'd been music editor, I'd been byline editor, but really that's not much in the in the real world of music journalism. And I wasn't really expecting much of a reply. But no, to be fair to them, they replied within within 8 days and said, "Yep, we'd love you uh, to come along." Um write about whatever you want, send they sent me to like I think it was a Newton Faulkner gig was the first gig I went to. in Cypress Avenue was. In Cypress Avenue, yeah. Um it was in like January mm. of last year. Um and that was the first time I actually met Shane. Um so I shot I did that, um, reviewed that and they were delighted with it. and from then it's I've been kinda working with Katie from Cypress Avenue, working with Shane and working with as many local Corkonians as I can to kinda get as broad a picture of Quark's music scene and of the the main players as I can and my aim is just kind of to give in 10 years time if people want to know so what was going on in Quark music in say 2018 or 2019 that they'd be able to look over this series of interviews this series of stories these series of reviews and kind of get maybe a clearer picture of what was going on
0: I would say be wary of the impermanence of platforms because mm. in as much as we can say well look there's barely anything left of the zines that uh, were doing the rounds from say 1988 or Mm. 1978 uh, just as badly like I used to run a website called dropd.ie and we were very very active between 2005 and 2013 different editors were in and out constantly it was a volunteer effort and you know like it's not there anymore just because you know extenuating factors Mm. people were leaving the emigration uh, crisis was happening around 2012 and we just couldn't sustain it even as a even as a labour of love anymore there just weren't the people to keep up the standard that we had prior um, so I would say just kind of be wary of that yourself oh, yeah, just no, kind of absolutely. when you're looking at legacy so much as just kind of reaching people in the now keep yeah. your own copies keep everything backed up oh yeah up.
1: absolutely I have everything saved everything everything off the side everything on my
0: laptop everything on the hard drives lucky you I have like just a WordPress backup of the website I used to run <laughs> and I have to re-up that to a WordPress well, I have to get a org subscription and re-up that and get the rights and all of that again um, but I would say focus on the now really. precisely yeah. and being like you know at a time where What a platform is, is even more impermanent than it would have been before. You've done a tremendous job of just kind of really kind of fostering a lot of loyalty to GoldenPleck.com. I remember Shane Horne getting on to me about you. I think it would have been March or April of last Mm, year, but what you would have been doing. Regardless, he was very taken with you immediately. And likewise, the copy you've been putting out has been really, really impressive. You know, it shows a lot of um, panache with uh, features journalism specifically hitting narrative beats and advancing a story yeah. it's just thanks very much it's really good it's just really good features copy in and of itself as well in that respect fostering that trust with local musicians local facilitators and leading to the current line of profile features that you're doing um, what's it been like kind of identifying those local stories talking to people seeing what the human interest aspect of it is. Because a lot of people see music journalism and they just go, it's that shouting on about the new album or it's that shite on about what it's like to be writing music. When it's not, it's 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 an attempt to kind of dig in at why you're doing what you're doing and kind of present that vulnerability or that person that you are to the world or hmm. to you know a readership. Yeah yeah.
1: Well the main way I kinda identify stories is to be honest at the start it was mostly Shane. I mean I came into this known pretty much no one a year ago when I started Golden Plec, but but Shane knew he knew you, he knew Cormac, he knew Emma Kelly, he knew Katie Cosgrove from Cypress Avenue. He knew everyone, he knew all the stories, he was involved in some of the promotion, he'd been involved in Limerick, and he really knew the ins and outs of the scene and who were the main players and who was important, who had a good story, who didn't. So mostly I kind of took, his. he led it for a while. I wrote the stories, he took the photos, but he really came up with the he told me he pointed me to the direction who to talk to, and then I kind of got the story out of them. Yeah. Um, and without him, like I probably would still be doing college bands. I'd still be doing like I wouldn't be as involved as I am today. So, a lot of it's to do with
0: Shane. Shane has been doing Satan's work on Cork's oh. music scene in for for the last God knows how long and for more on Shane Horan you can find uh, our interview with him from last year on redfm.ie where you can find all of the previous episodes of the Red on Red podcast so like developing that working relationship with Shane once Shane kind of smartened you up as to what was happening here in the local scene did it change your creative process in talking and interviewing artists and you know bearing in mind that there was going to be a very strong visual involved Shane Horan is a phenomenal photographer Mm. how did that kind of Affect your process and up your game in delivering copy? He
1: definitely made me act more professional and um, do a bit more research whenever you think you've done enough. Just go a little bit higher, just scroll to page three of the Google search. Um, wow, I know that's a
0: deep cut now, <laughs> especially these um, days.
1: I know, I know. Um, but yeah, and look, he just brought a professional to it all, professionalism to it all.
0: You know, once you kind of engaged with the editors the editors obviously wanted to reach the kind of publishing gap that you're seeing in Cork and again you're going to see a lot of media organisations in the next year or so address Cork as a major media market in Ireland with the expansion of city boundaries. You've seen that the the Mirror Group is opening some online exclusive publications here locally mm. in addition to their interest in uh, RSVP, which is very much a monster-only magazine. Uh, Today FM is after opening a new studio. And of course here, Cork's Red FM 104 to 106 uh, has expanded its digital footprint uh, massively alongside um, boosting its listenership in the latest JNLR figures for um, daytime radio. I suppose, how do you work with editors and convey with two editors, ideas that they can't kind of encounter firsthand because they're neither familiar or present on the Cork scene. And, you know, is there a certain expectation of you being like the Cork correspondent to kind of get this secondary story of this cool second city and kind of deliver um,
1: That was never an expectation. I mean, when I was talking to Steve, uh, the editor at Golden Plaque, he kind of said, look, I don't know enough about Cork to kind of guide you through this.
0: You. This is Stephen Byrne, the editor yeah. of Golden Pleck for those who don't yeah are familiar.
1: Stephen Byrne, um, Shout and out. yeah, exactly. Um, and he he said he was very honest about it. He said, "Look, I don't know enough about what's going on in Cork to tell you where the stories are. I don't know enough to kind of decide what stories are interesting and what's not. So follow Shane, see what Shane tells you to do, and just write about it, and we will publish it. It's been fantastic. Like Ross and and Steve have been." absolutely incredible. They've really given me free reign to write about whatever I want to interview whoever I want. Um, so there's no pitching process no, specifically? There's no, just I just go out and do it. Okay. Um, if they have a if they've never had a problem with it but if they, they did I'm sure they'd say it um, I'm sure they'd like ask me to change up a few things in the edit or maybe look at it from another angle but yeah. it was never a sense of like, no. I, I decided what to write well I decided what to write. I decided who to write about. I decided who to talk to, and it's been incredible. It's been
0: great. Creative freedom is as important an ingredient as any yeah. uh, when not only you know honing your own identity as a writer, but also kind of transitioning to more full time roles hmm. um, around the industry. So when it comes time to go out and cover a gig with Shane or cover a story with Shane, kind of what is the process with sitting down with Shane and coming up with say? A line of questioning, if it's an interview piece or a review.
1: Um, well, with the reviews, uh, we'd Facebook messages and saying, Are "You want to this?" I'd be like, "Yeah." Uh, we'd meet up just outside Cypress Avenue or around here, wherever it is. Um, firing. He'd go in for the first couple of songs. He'd stay there for an hour, or so I'd come back at the end. And he'd—he's fantastic. He'd have all the photos done, edited up by about two o'clock that evening. Yeah. Um, and then I'd. Spend the next morning just writing 800 words on it and get it ready. Like, and in terms of features, there's only been once where we've actually been together taking the photographs and writing the story at the same time or doing the interview at the same time.
0: Ooh, we're, we're breaking the fourth wall here, yeah. Uh,
1: that was with uh, Sam in Connolly's Alep.
0: Um, well, the location would have been important there in that respect, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, so we went up there and Sam was lovely enough to let us come into the come into the house, come into the venue, and take some photos. And we sat down, and that was probably one of my favourite interviews that I've done so far. Just because, I mean, being in that building is is incredible. Like it's magic. It is. It's magical. Um, like it. It was empty at the time. Nothing was going on. It was eleven o'clock on a Wednesday. Um, but really, like you could see the history etched on every every wood, a grain of wood on the on the wall and it was every grotty hot press cover on the wall yeah exactly exactly and the flag and uh, everything about it was just incredible it's just the ambiance was set perfectly for the piece and we uh, Sam was nice enough to be very honest and we went kind of in depth on his family history and you know some of the hardships that the uh, Connellys of Lep have faced so that was probably my favourite so it that was the only time we've actually been in the same place doing the shoot otherwise I like, I completely trust Shane uh, we let the artist uh, the interviewee decide when they want to take the shots do they want to do it in the morning noon, night um, they kind
0: of we let the interviewees kind of dictate the shoot at the same time bearing in mind I suppose the importance of features journalism and narrative to any local music community in its perception by a wider audience Uh, there's been a couple of changes in recent times to where there's a lot more people covering and documenting what's happening here now there's a a lot more platforms than there necessarily would have been even at the height of blogomania, where it was Mm. all happening up in Dublin what do you think is the importance of features journalism and of providing these platforms to the development of a local music scene
1: Um, I think at the end of the day it gives people a voice Um, I think what I enjoy most, one of the big elements I enjoy most about features writing is when it's all done, it's published and you see people that have worked very hard on a project that they've worked very hard putting together Um, either uh, they've put together a number of gigs, they've set up a production house they've set up a radio show and these people have really worked really hard and finally have their story told and featured on this this, in this publication and they share it and then people go oh congratulations well done they go thanks with a smiley face at the bottom and you see how much they appreciate their moment in the in the sun their moment in their moment in the spotlight and that's really nice to see and it's something that i really enjoy about it and it's something that i feel is really important because if you if we come to a world where people are working and working working not getting credit i mean the the level of art and artistry that they're going to try, strive for isn't, isn't going to be as high. Like, they're just not going to try as hard to get, like, very little credit. So I think it's important to credit people when they're here, when they can. And
0: that's what I think is really nice. Providing a platform and mm. kind of assisting with the way up, so mm. to speak. But speaking of putting a spotlight on people, uh, we're going to go back to some tunes. We have Laura Duff with her debut single from a couple of months ago. Up to you
1: yeah um, Laura is a student in UCC I've never actually spoken to her but the, the single is fantastic her band would uh, you not
0: have met her now going around Quarter Block Party
1: no no I've never met her huh? um, I've Facebook messaged her because I wanted her to play an event in UCC Relay Life for Life uh, which was a 24 hour Cancer Society walk um, but unfortunately it was it was last weekend the same weekend as Quarter Block Party so yeah. uh, schedules, clash but that's okay. Um But no, look, the song's lovely. Uh, everyone in her band, I know the people in her band more than her herself and they're doing incredible work. I mean, JJ Lee is in Every band in the city and, he's in uh, literally every band in the city it's it's incredible how that man finds any time for himself um, that's a
0: lot of, that's another music journalist I want to sit down and have a long boring conversation mm. with as well just oh he's great
1: today is, is fantastic and his writing um, he was music editor when I was byline editor so I was mm. kind of his boss uh, but he was his writing is incredible he's very passionate about it and he looks really in-depth he has that musical eye mm. coming from the from a band so it is very distinctive and. No, he does he does incredible work uh, both musically
0: and writing wise. Isn't it disgusting how some people can just be the complete package? Oh, stop! Isn't it? That's oh, awful. Terrible business. Speaking of people that are also the complete package, uh, Ghost King is dead. Uh, mm-hmm. Matthew Nee Corrigantano yeah, uh, with Hollow.
1: Yeah, no. Once again, another man I've never met. Uh, what? I no, I've I've. Talked to him over Facebook, The Instagram. man is
0: omnipotent. He's literally a ghost king.
1: I've never, never met him. Uh, but once again, I know everyone in his band. Uh, once again, JJ is kind of the link. But his work is fantastic. I mean, that last EP, um, was it the Tokyo EP or This Is Doubt? Uh, this Is Doubt. Uh, this Is Doubt. It's, it's his best collection of work so far. And even over the weekend, he was on the Anthony Fantana, the music web critic uh, online. The Needle Drop. Yeah, The Needle Drop. Uh, he mentioned him and that's like that's massive for both him and for How Sue his collective and like both of them are doing incredible work and it's nice to see that kind of once again it's nice to see people getting credit for their work even though he pretty much ripped into their mixing for the two minutes it was on screen but no it's it's a brilliant song it's my favourite song and this is Doughty P In
0: mentioning that you've not met a bunch of the bands that are making playlisting and that we're discussing here. Uh, it's kind of symptomatic of being a music journalist in the current day and age and that a lot more kind of contact is established online and kind of a lot more outreach is made online before you ever get the chance to meet someone at a gig or in person which is just mm. part of life these days as well but just off the back like it even happened to me this past weekend with Quarter Block Party where mm. I met some of the Dublin Digital Radio people in person for the first time and I just think like that's a I suppose not a comment on the condition but just kind of Uh, a working hazard of being a music journalist working in distributed teams and you know kind of working with disparate personalities But
1: and it's amazing to see how how strong our friendship you can make online having never met a person both like I've met I've worked with so many PRs and so many labels that I've helped out along the way that I've never actually met but we'd be friends on Twitter they'd like share my stuff Yeah, they'd be very friendly and then when you do actually meet them there's it's so much, like, it's weird, but it's so much easier at the same time yeah. having that initial connection. Um, but it is it is amazing how quickly you can develop a working relationship online having never met a
0: human being. That's something I still struggle with to this day, just coming from, like, a small country town and yeah. all of this, that it's all... Pre- like, when it's predicated on human relationships and it becomes a thing where you only maybe see each other every, kind of, three, six, nine months or mm. whatever, um, it kind of creates another kind of language that we, kind of couch ourselves in in order to continue creating but that's another discussion for another time we'll get straight into it this is Laura Duff with Up To You here on Red On Red
1: to myself and still
3: side
0: King is dead with hollow taken from his This Is Doubt EP. The new video, of course, unveiled last week just before Quarter Block Party and available to watch now on nylor 9com This is Red on Red, Cork's new music podcast, and we are joined in studio still by Kaelin Coffee of GoldenPleck.com. And before the jump, we were talking a little bit about kind of the working realities of being in Irish music media in 2019. It's a niche within a niche it's Mm. arts journalism within features journalism it's a readership within a readership it's new music fans among general music fans among arts fans specifically can you when you whittle it down it's a very small albeit we like to think culturally significant um, Mm. uh, strain of erudite music geek that is passionate enough to create the platforms that other erudite music geeks uh, can hear each other on but there's no denying that the game has changed even in recent years to where we've gone from a couple of print publications being on the go to kind of one print publication being left and the rest of the market being online. And now the kind of the hurt being felt uh, by the loss of advertising revenues to the likes of social media uh, and the kind of the scrabbling, not, for, not necessarily for higher ground. But for a new model and a new way of doing things, or else maintaining a presence by remaining volunteer-led as a means of kind of bringing up the next army or the next every couple mm. of years, the next wave of Irish music journalists, which mm. is something that the Golden Plaque has has specialised in specifically. Um, when when you survey the kingdom of Irish music media, and you see that we've gone from mags and text to you know the ecosystem of social media features like Instagram stories. What remains of Snapchat, um, you know, Periscope and all of this. And then you see new video podcasts coming along like Mabfield, which is like, you know, a really nice shout out to Mabfield. They were listening to us for the uh, Jar Jar Jr. podcast, which is a really nice kind of three camera angle video podcast to go alongside their audio podcast. Mm. When you see how it's fragmenting and changing and how the viewership around it is changing, kind of what are your thoughts on the current overall state of the nation of Irish music media?
1: Um, Irish music media um, it's strong but it's finding itself difficult to kind of well at the end of the day finance is a big problem like there are a lot of incredible writers there are a lot of incredible artists that you can write about but f- as you said finding the advertising finding the a way to make money make it economically viable to either print or keep servers online and that's why it's so interesting to see Niall Nine, Nine with the Patreon like that's a new way of doing it that's a new way that a lot of websites are starting to to take up and then you see the likes of the New York Times art section you pay a euro a week or something and you get access to anything um, so in Irish music media it's tough like it's it's doggy dog out there in terms of trying to make I
0: wouldn't it. say it's doggy dog you don't yeah. think so I think people are aware that it's generally a slog and so there's a lot of kind of collaboration as, yeah. as far as no, yeah no
1: yeah yeah Yeah, to that extent, yeah, you're probably right. Dog eat dog was probably the wrong way to put it. Um, There is a lot of collaboration between the two, between everyone,
0: really. Um, There has to be. Absolutely. But in terms of a variety of outlets, uh, which is equally a challenge to Mm. financing, is, you know, number one, while music journalism is a thing more so than it would have been 10 years ago, thanks to the likes of Melon at the Needle Drop, Uh, and just, again, different ways of consuming music critique, there's been somewhat of a decrease in the numbers of different outlets that are that, that are available to Irish musicians to get themselves out there down from five years ago and down again from maybe 10, 15 years mm. ago where the pre-social media blogosphere days. Mm. How do you think we're going to, I suppose, raise an army, so to speak, of the next wave of erudite music geeks that want to talk and how do we kind of encourage them to you know not only find existing platforms to that chance and build experience but maybe create more platforms that they can kind of that they can tweak to their own likenesses and really leave their own stamp on
1: like if people find what they're interested in like young people who are interested in music will find a way to music journalism it's the way it's been for years and the way it'll always be but in terms of how to raise an army or what's what's next in the future um I think one of the the biggest things at the moment and one of the things that's probably going to play a big role in the future um, is the likes of podcasts and the likes of YouTube. I mean, everyone my age like subscribes to a bunch of YouTubers or like they, they watch YouTube when they're sat in their bed like doing nothing, you know. It's kind of the thing you do to pass time. We don't really go on Facebook anymore. You just kind of see what YouTubers are showing up so I think you now you're making me feel old you know, sorry <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think finding a way to attract an audience through be it through long form interviews um, online because I don't think there's there's not ma- like I might be completely wrong there's not many places in interviewing Irish artists long form video wise is there
0: um, it's a difficult one to organise because yeah. when you sit down I think the attention span thing is still a question for producers to where because YouTube was originally restricted to 10 minutes Mm. that a generation's attention span kind of just adjusted to 10 minutes and now it's to the point where like unless you're like Nardwyr the human serviette and you're sitting down to somebody for like 10, 20, 30 minutes for an interview I don't think you could sit down and take 20 minutes of Melon Um, Mm. Anthony Fantano uh, much more so than anything else so I think like long form and what have you it's still important to maintain a text or audio um, yeah. Yeah, means no, of storytelling in that regard how do you see more disposable media then like Instagram stories or even what Teletext records are doing where they're doing tweet length reviews do you think that we're going to maybe see a return of the old timey capsule reviews in a way that kind of tends to the again not generalizing but shortened attention spans of new media consumption.
1: Um, I don't know. Like, that's like obviously there's a ton of Twitter accounts where you can find one tweet reviews. Um, it's not just teletext. It's it's everywhere. Um, but in terms of is that what we're kind of aiming for? Is that kind of the general question? Like, is that what we're that's what what's no, really going to come to? Oh, it's not going to be here too long. I don't think. Like, okay, it's funny after after a while but people like music fans want an in-depth analysis Um personally when I was growing up one of my favourite one of my favourite things to watch online was the Zane Lowe interviews you know the really long yeah, hour and a half ones I loved them they were just so in-depth there was the likes of you had Kanye West Jay Z had Drake you had Eminem you had all these people that just had such interesting stories and he gave them the time to tell them and especially with Kanye West he gave him time to kind of empty their minds
0: um, there's not much left to empty in uh, Kanye's case okay. uh, yeah that
1: was the <laughs> he's had a tough he had a, he's had a tough year all right but yes. um, yeah that's what I was really interested in I wanted to know everything about it I wanted as long as interview as I can like even I've watched that South by Southwest talk he gave in 2017 I believe I've watched that Zane Lowe one about 30 times and I just find it fascinating every single one um, so I think long form even fifteen minute long interviews on the likes of YouTube, the likes of even a fifteen minute long interview on, I don't know, a podcast or something, split into three interviews for a podcast. Um,
0: such as like this one here. Such as like this one
1: <laughs> um, is is the way forward. I think that's how it's going to be, and I don't think the, I don't think attention spans are short, too short to kind of handle that
0: when we talk as well about sustainability challenges and they face us all as individuals looking to make a living as a writer it doesn't matter if you're a music journalist or a media uh, journalist or a content writer or a PR person uh, the same difficulties apply across the board and there's no kind of magic ointment for any of it um Aside from maybe multi-skilling and finding as many outlets as you can, which really is what it's about these days. Have you had any talk inside of Golden GoldenPleck, for example, for the pivot to video? Is that going to be the next thing for, um, for yourselves?
1: I haven't had one yet. Um, they're probably going on um, among the higher powers in Golden GoldenPleck. I'm sure it is. Uh, it's only a matter of time, but I haven't been privy to any of those conversations. But I wouldn't be surprised if that is the next stepping stone or the next thing that they kind of embark on and I'd like to see it I'd like to see like Golden Plex set up a YouTube channel or set up something and even if it's just one 20 minute interview a week you know that you then turn into text and put online as well as text content mm. um, that's something I'd like to see
0: um, but obviously it's it's all about just financial means you know there have been examples of it working on a local level even up to a couple of years ago with uh, Flip It TV out of Limerick with Olivia Chow and uh, Ali Daly, among many others, but that wasn't accompanied by text. Likewise, there's a lot of text out there that wasn't accompanied by video and now the emphasis is on putting everything in the palm of somebody's hand. Just freelancing for the evening echo myself we're seeing a huge increase in video content. Um, before we kind of leave this very specific topic, <laughs> um, what future do you see for the Irish music spectrum in general is a matter of you see some places specialising in soft features and colour pieces and then others kind of taking on a lot of the slack when it comes to heavyweight critique and what have you. Uh, do you see it maybe kind of um, veering toward personal brands along the likes of Mapfield uh, closer to home or you know, the likes of Needle Dropper and Nardware elsewhere? Like in terms of the grand vision of things, how do you see it going, and how would you? What kind of changes would you like to affect personally, if you could?
1: Oh, what would I like to change? I, I think it. I like the way it's going now. I like the, the kind of getting a bunch of writers together writing for a site rather than everyone splitting off into individual, individual podcasts or individual video chats, you know, or video shows. Um, what would I change? Look, there's not a lot we, like. There's not a lot writers or content creators can change. I mean, it's only, it's really what needs to change is the amount of people are being, the amount of money around, that amount of money people can be given so that people can live comfortably and not be scared of going to the next paycheck or, like, even when you do write up an article or you do put together a video feature that you're not chasing down that person for a check. You're not, mm. like, trying to, you're not waiting three weeks to kind of finally wait for that, money to arrive in your bank account you know it's just all about being just making the money more accessible to the people that are doing the work I suppose but it's difficult for that to happen you know
0: the question of that then is paywalls and how yeah. do we build a subscription for you know because there will always be a matter of making information free the news mm. feed will always have to be yeah. free but like we've what we've seen with the Irish Times building uh, a successful business in providing a paywall for its content and specifically its arts and culture content is that maybe where you see things going? And do you see paywalls, maybe like small paywalls working on a hyper local level?
1: I don't think paywalls will do the trick. I like uh, nyla Nine's Patreon thing. Yeah. I think that is the way it's going to go. Like, I don't want, I never want to stop to have people have to pay, feel like they have to pay money to access the arts or access interviews with their favorite artists for the likes of like say 15, 16 year olds I want them to be able to read what their favourite rapper what their favourite musician is is saying Mm. without having to pay money for it and yeah I just like the Patreon model Um, people can donate if they want to donate if they don't that's fine there's going to be no pressure on them Um, a model based on soundness
0: yeah a a model model based on
1: soundness which I hope is going well I mean it'll be interesting to see I, I don't know at all how it's doing but hopefully it's doing well and if that does do well, then hopefully, Golden Plaque and the likes of Golden Plaque District then there, kind of pick that up.
0: District seem to be doing fairly well on their secondary businesses, like the district uh, tourist guide and mm. all of these other things as well. And I think that's another um, that's another set of conversations to be had as well. Mm. Is kind of leveraging brands the way that Hot Press did for you know indie kids years yeah. prior and what they're doing now what Irish Rail and what district is doing with tourism guides etc yeah. and I think that's something else that can be uh, tapped into but that's another conversation for another episode of the show when we come back we'll talk a little bit about what you have coming up in your immediate future but first we'll go back to some more tunes we have Messing another JJ Lee project yeah. with Grand Rapids and what I'm hearing from these boys is mind-boggling to be quite honest
1: yeah, I, I love this song. Um, it's one of the first ones I ever put in the the Monster playlist for Golden Plec. Um And look, it's, it's a fantastic song. It's, it's yeah, it's just great. I really like it. I really enjoy it.
0: We also have uh, A Thousand Beasts, uh, Key and G. Sweeney. Yeah. Uh, with Lord It's Okay. Yeah, that was one of my tracks of,
1: I think it was 2017 it was released. Um, look, it features Jeanette Gordon, I believe, or Jeanette. Uh, it's all on SoundCloud and Spotify and Facebook and, not Facebook, uh, Apple Music, wherever. Um, and no, look, I love it. It's fantastic. I think it really was kind of underappreciated when it first came out. And I think I think A Thousand Beasts and Cian deserve a lot of credit for what they're doing. I mean, he's doing incredible work. He works with like the RT Orchestra with the likes of working for, uh, on all the projects they do. with, He worked on New Year's Eve, I believe, the New Year's Eve firework show mm. with the orchestra and that. Like He's doing great work. And even just to take the time out to make these tracks and make these songs is a credit to himself.
0: I mean, you don't see too many old-fashioned sessioners on the Irish music horizon outside of collectives, and you certainly don't mm. see one kind of operating in that old-timey yeah. studio player sense. We'll get straight to it. So this is Messing with Grand Rapids here on Red On Red. What you're going to hear about today is nothing short of a miracle. It's dramatically new.
3: It's dramatically new. It's dramatically new. From your...
4: Broken and you don't even notice, notice the scars you forced on me. Had your fucking ego told you to quit me, right before the very last time you kissed me. I knew you changed your mind. And it's okay. It's okay
0: Thousand Beasts Key and Sweeney with Lord It's Okay here on Red On Red just before we head away Kaelin. Caelan maybe give us the run through on what you have coming up in the next little while with Golden Pleck. any plugs or shout outs you want to make or what have you
1: Um, well for Golden Pleck, we have an interview with Kelly Doherty gathering cloud on the way mm. um, it's been conducted and just getting through that transcribing phase at the moment so that should be ready to go within two weeks and then we have Ghost King is Dead um, an interview with him and kind of the House Sue story is the plan um, a history of House Sue and all the work they've been doing in Cork over the past 18 months um, and you can read all my stuff on um in terms of UCC it's all on uccexpress.ie um, everything's there you can read some fantastic writing from like honestly the, the best writers UCC has Um, They're all incredible journalists, incredible workers. They're all really determined to do a great job. Um, And like I'm editor-in-chief at the moment, and I couldn't be prouder of the work the staff is doing at the moment. I mean, it's been tough kind of getting sources and getting things ready for the new year. But no, they're doing fantastic work, and I'm really proud of them. Um, And then uh, we also have a podcast, a professor podcast, with the UCC Journalism Society, um, we try to interview uh, lecturers about topics of their interest, their research. Um, kinda with, we've spoken to a lot of English lecturers about folklore, about their mythology. Um, and that's gone down really well. People in UCC are really liking it. Uh, UCC is starting to use it as kind of branding for themselves. So it's been great. Careful so, now.
0: So, you fall into the line of content marketing then in that regard. no, yeah, I know. Uh, but look, everyone who's been involved in the
1: German Society is doing a great job too. It's been been fantastic and they're all
0: very good workers that's the kind of stuff you want to hear about that's all from this week's episode of red on red cork's new music podcast from red fm and red extra.ie thanks a million to goldenplex.com's Kale and coffee for joining us this week no problem and thank you very much for listening if you like what you're hearing please take the time to subscribe and leave a review on apple and google podcasts hit subscribe on spotify and check us out on other podcasting platforms please share this on your social media make sure to check out the artists featured online or at an upcoming gig. And if you'd like more Irish tunes, be sure and listen in to Green On Red on Sunday nights with Alan O'Donovan for the best of all that is Irish on Cork's Red FM 104 to 106. Caelan, you're leaving us with Rushes, uh, a much underappreciated quantity uh, on the Cork music scene with Glimpse.
1: Yeah, no, it's his latest. It's his latest single. Um, uh, he's from Skib, uh, He's doing great work up in Dublin with Diffusion Lab. Um, and look, he's getting... He's not getting a lot of buzz down here at the moment. That's just because he might. Which is a crime. Yeah, exactly. He's an incredible artist. He's doing incredibly well. His last two, he's released three singles, I believe, so far. And they've all been absolutely fantastic. They've all been played on national radio stations across the country. And it's great to see he's finally getting the credit he deserves in Dublin. And hopefully some of that credit kind of comes down here as well.
0: This has been Red on Red. we'll talk to you next week.
5: Tonight I'm feeling right I got you here You're by my side You love the dance It's clear to see I love the try And we're both on fire You're close to me It's comfortable We're living by the money trees Don't walk around We move just like It's you and me Our past won't change We're living life in harmony We try to be Guide me to euphoria What I see in me, what I can see in you, no limits round this, hands up, are you feeling about it? One night we should figure out it, head up in the sky, baby, while I fake
3: On ride.